Ah, there we go. We got some volume. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. Happy Monday to those of you that uh, may be live streaming with us. It's good to have you here. And uh, please don't be shy. Join the conversation today. These live streams, I know I always say it, but I, we have people join this, the show and just kind of hide in the background. Would love for you to be part of the conversation. Comment, ask questions. You can send us funny emojis. Make fun of us if you want to. We just want you to be part of the conversation. And that really is one of the benefits of these live streams is being able to ask our, our guests questions, ask myself questions, and really be part of the conversation. Lend your own perspective to it, which I think just makes it that much more interesting. Uh, of course, the show is produced by Photographer's Edit, custom editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. We can help you with that busy work during, especially this busy season. Let us help you out. Uh, you can check us out at photographersedit.com. And on that note, I want to reintroduce a returning guest, Mackenzie Bigliazzi is here with me. Mackenzie, thank you for coming back to the show. Is this our second or third time? Yes. I feel like this might be our third time. I'm I just, so. you know, a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I truly am thankful for you being willing to come back and do the show. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Every once in a while, your name will pop up. Maybe you've, you've shared about Photographer's Edit on, on social yeah. or something to that effect. Or we just see one of your posts. And Jill, my girlfriend, and I will occasionally comment on just how great you are. We love the fact that oh. you, you were so, I guess, unashamedly comfortable with yourself and your perspective. And you just kind of put it out there. And, and I love that. I think we kind of need some no-filter people in our, in our world, in our industry in particular. And it's really refreshing. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I, I love that about you. Well, thank you. Sometimes that's really, really hard. So I appreciate the praise. Well, let's talk about that for just a second, because, you know, it's funny. You and I were just talking about age here before we started the, the live stream. And mm -hmm. I think one of the things that, that I've continued to realize and even kind of work on a little bit for myself um, as I continue to get a little bit older is certainly learning to be comfortable with myself. Um, there's a tendency, mm -hmm. whether it's at a professional level or with friends, certain friends or certain family members that we kind of put a filter on a lot of times when you say it's hard to kind of just be comfortable with yourself, just put yourself out there the way you are. What, what does that mean that it's difficult? And have you learned to kind of step beyond that? It's difficult because we all feel judged, right? There's always like this level of, oh shit, people are gonna judge me, like no matter what I put online, no matter what I say. But there came a point where I was just like, I don't give a shit if they judge me. Like I've put in my time. So the judgment part I know keeps people from showing their personality online. But I noticed that once I started being like, you know, I don't care. Really in reality, nobody gives a shit as much as I do. Mm. And so once I broke past that, I started connecting with people I love. And this is like, this goes way beyond clients, but just like I've connected with so many people in the industry. I've connected with real friends in real life. Like just because I'm like, ah, this is what you're going to get <laughs> do you think do you think that that level of comfortability helps other people relax a little bit more and then they just enjoy being around you that that much more yes i wish i say this all the time but i wish i could share some of the dms i get i know a lot about some of the strangers that follow me on the internet <laughs> that's kind of great though but but again they see that you're comfortable so they're like oh i can put it out there too they're doing it in a little mm -hmm. bit of an indirect way via DM instead of actually posting it on social media. But I, yeah. so I was raised in a super conservative world and I was in kind of a, a pseudo public eye growing up as well because of the work that my that my parents did. And so it was it was ingrained in us to like a really deep level to always yeah. perform 
right? And not just to perform, but put on a filtered performance. So you're, you're on stage. I, was, I grew up, we were in music, um, was kind of part of it. So I'm on stage performing quite a bit. I'm in front of groups of people. We're traveling and going to these different places in front of groups of people. And from a very young age, I learned what it meant to perform, to put on face, to show face in a way that's not going to offend other people. Like that was just it was so, so deeply ingrained to the point where I'm still kind of working out of that, if you will. Is that it, did you have a similar experience or is it just kind of a general apprehension, like discomfort with yourself that you just had to learn to step beyond? I think it was actually opposite for me. Okay. So like growing up, I really had to mask and kind of hide a lot of the hardships I went through um, because I, from an early age, really loved praise and impressing other people and pleasing other people. That once I got old enough, um, where I found like people who support me no matter what, and I didn't have to mask so much anymore, um, that's when I realized that that's actually the key to making real life authentic connections. And the person I was being previously wasn't the person I was, I was just people pleasing. So that was the breaking point for me. That makes sense. Yeah, you, you said earlier, people don't, they don't care nearly as much as we do. We, we tend to kind of project yes. that onto other people. We're so worried about what they're gonna yes. say or what they think. And the reality is a lot of times they're not nearly as concerned about, about what we're thinking right. about as we are. Yeah, I, I know that's right. a deep topic and we could probably spend a whole episode easily or maybe even two or three we there, could. but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep the conversation moving. And by the way, for anybody listening in who doesn't know Mackenzie, make sure I'm gonna pull this up on screen too. If you go to Mackenzie, M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E and the Bigliazzi, B-I-G-L-I-A-Z-Z-I.com. Of course, we'll link to this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. You can check out Mackenzie's work and it is Mackenzie underscore Bigliazzi on Instagram as well. I've got both those popped up on screen. Make sure that you go and follow her. And um, on that note, Mackenzie, let's just kind of jump into this conversation today. We're going to be talking about the idea creating freedom, flexibility, how to have a life during busy season. Um, you posted something recently on Instagram, which kind of inspired me to reach out to you and say, hey, can we do another show? This would be a, a really cool topic. Um, yeah. You said, I finally understood that just because I'm a full-time business owner does not mean my entire life and every ounce of my free time needs to be dedicated to my trade. And um, I think probably there's there's been endless at this point conversation around hustle culture and how that's not necessarily healthy. But for you specifically, when, what did it, I guess, what did it look like to make this transition from thinking I need to be all in all the time to creating a little bit more freedom and flexibility for yourself? How long did that take? It took years. I'm not going to pretend that I just woke up and I was like, you know, I'm going to stop doing this because I fell really, really hard into that hustle culture life that was really prominent prior to 2020. Um, when 2020 hit and the world shut down and people were losing loved ones, I was like, shit, I've got to change how I think about things because making money is not my only purpose. Mm -hmm. That's not real life. And um, A Day to Remember, it's so funny, A Day to Remember has a song that they came out with. It's called Only Money. And it's this song about how their grandmother passed and they were on tour and they were giving up so much of their lives to their trade that they missed out for what? For money. That was it. So when that song was released... 
that really solidified it for me. Um, during 2020, that really solidified it for me. And I started having major FOMO too because I would work and work and work. And sure, I had money. I was making great money. But what's the point of having money if you can't live your life with it? You know, like the freedom is there, but you're not taking advantage because you've worked yourself so hard. And I saw the way it was affecting my relationships with other people. And all of those things brought me back to real life. Yeah, it seems like, too, that there is I've realized this a bit more recently. I've heard various people over, over time talk about how there's essentially diminishing returns for the amount of money that you can make and how that equates to so-called happiness. Like at some point, mm -hmm. the amount of so-called happiness that we can gain from having X amount of money it really starts to diminish in comparison to the level of happiness that we can have. I mean, certainly we want to be able to pay our bills and put a bit of money in savings, but beyond that, how much right. happier can we actually like, truly be beyond that certain amount? And is it worth the stress and the constant working and the 60, 80 hours a week and missing out on time with friends and family in order to get that much more? I'm not right. sure that, that there is that much more of a return in that context. No, no. There's not. And there's, there comes a point when you're just, you're going out, you're doing your thing. And then I kind of got hit with the reality that people were seeing me in real life and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in, in like months. And I'm like, oh, you haven't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, I know it's very easy for, for us to, to say we're quote unquote busy as, as business owners, mm -hmm. it, that can be a, like a reality for sure. Um, but then when we start to, when we find ourselves kind of making ex excuses or maybe, maybe it's reality, but when we find ourselves constantly telling other people that we're too busy to do something, especially close friends yeah. and family, I think that should be a little bit of a, a wake up call, um, for, for yeah. us as business owners, because at the end of the day, while we can continue to work and make more money, we can't get the time back with those that are closest to right. us. And as cliche as that sounds, that's just objective reality that that's what we have at the yeah. end of the day of his relationships and to give that up for the sake of making an extra couple of bucks i'm not i would i'm not sure that that's really worth it but let's kind of keep the conversation going because i want to understand a little bit better how you've created this freedom this flexibility for yourself and in order to i, I kind of want to set the stage too like did you as you're like okay you know what i need to maybe cut back let me see how i can redo or refine my business model in such a way that it'll give me a bit more freedom, a bit more flexibility. Are you naturally an organized person with your time or is this more of a kind of an overall mindset? Is there, what does that look like for you? I wish I was naturally organized. I wish okay. that's so bad, but I am walking chaos. I operate best in chaos. Okay. If you looked at my desk, it looks like a shit show, but I know exactly where everything is in this shit show. And that's just how I operate. And I think accepting that was the first step of knowing that like, hey, I'm going to see all these other entrepreneurs using paper planners and being super organized and doing all these things. Some of those things aren't going to work for me. So I'm definitely not naturally organized, but I used to be a teacher. So that helped. Um, mm. And before that, I was a student getting my master's degree. So in balancing a waitress job and photography at the same time. Mm -hmm. So all of that, I had to learn how to live with my chaos, which was my life and learning how to live and getting my degree at the same time. It kind of transitioned over into my business and that's where my organization skills stemmed from. Um, I didn't realize that 
for a long time that just because something works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And once I accepted that, I started to experiment with different things and how things worked. Um, For example, I used to be a paper planner girly through and through, especially with college courses. I had to write everything down. Mm. I had to literally like take it through my brain, through my arm, write it down, or it would not sink in. And I'm still that way when I take courses and things, I have to write things down. But now in this phase of life, I'm all electronic. There's nothing I don't have on my Google Calendar. Um, And my partner also has a Google Calendar. So we sync ours up and we know when I'm working, when he has soccer, all these things moving forward. So it's funny to think how (laughs) married I was to my paper planner, but now I'm all electronic. And it's just, that's how it goes. I think that there's a journey that we go on and it's always evolving. Yeah. So talk to talk to me a little bit and, and to our audience as well, because I think a lot of photographers can relate to being that so-called artist type where things are a little bit chaotic and disorganized, mm-hmm. but they seem to or feel like they function well within that. What is what is I don't know, what does the balance look like? I hesitate to use the word balance because it's so subjective, but like mm-hmm. what is that balance between chaos and being OK with the messiness of life and running a business? Mm-hmm but then also having a certain amount of structure. Like, do you have a baseline level of structure that you want to see for yourself in your day-to-day life? Yeah, so I do this thing called time blocking. This is the thing that, I don't know who taught, this was years ago, because I've been following this forever. But I time block my time. That's the only way my brain was able to process my tasks weekly, because as entrepreneurs, we don't have somebody above us that's being like, Oh, like, how's this going? Like being on top of us, we have to have self-discipline. It's something I struggle with, especially after getting out of college and not having professors check in on me or, you know, having these classes that hold me accountable. It was something I had to transition to. So time blocking is something that works really well for me where um, I use day labels. So throughout my week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they all have different overarching ideas. So Tuesdays specifically are my social media days where I mass record and plan my social media. Um, There's other days that are kind of chunked up. So um, on Wednesday mornings, I check into editing processes, um, spend the morning doing that, and then I have lunch. And then after lunch, I think is a catch-all where I'm answering emails and catching up on tasks I might've put back from the week before. So there's organization there but I'm not neglecting in a way that's gonna hurt me or my business. And I'm staying on top of things by not having a master like to-do list right in front of me where it's all put on a list and I'm like, Mm -hmm. crap, I need to get all this stuff done. Instead it's like, oh, I don't need to get this one done till Wednesday. I don't need to get this one done until Tuesday afternoon. So that is how my brain operates. And it took me a long time to get there because I saw all these other entrepreneurs doing other things. And I'm like, why aren't any of these working for me? It's because I love, I thrive on chaos. So this was allowing me to have the chaos, Mm -hmm. but organize the chaos at the Mm -hmm. same time. Yeah, I think having a, I I, I love time blocking. I do something similar for myself. I love time blocking because it's it's rather than micromanaging every five or 10 or 15 minutes or hour, I have to be doing yes. this, I have to be doing this, I got to check this many things off the list. Like that in, in yes. a way to me feels almost like the antithesis of the benefit of being our own boss. We get to do our own thing. We get to make our own schedule. That was kind of the whole right. point of getting into this in the first place. And then we find ourselves literally run by our business. So the idea of time blocking means I know within this chunk of time, I need to be doing a certain thing. But I can also, if I want to take a break and go ride my motorcycle or I want to 
take a break right. and read this thing or go do this or do that. I can do that because I can still get the work done that I've allotted for that particular chunk of time or that particular day. I think it's best of both right. worlds. I agree. And I needed that freedom. I needed to be able to be like, well, what if something comes up and I need to go do something exactly. or I need to divert? I have that freedom without feeling like I'm overwhelmed or I'm, you know, skipping out on things I should be working on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's best of both worlds. I, I love that. I really like that mm -hmm. a lot. And so speaking of time and having freedom and flexibility, again, kind of trying to set the stage for our conversation before we get to practical application. But uh, in that in that social media post on Instagram, you said in October, I went to three concerts. I went to two different states along with my regular commute to Colorado elopements. I scheduled a trip at the end of October to Florida. And this trip was for fun. And it's the best thing I did for my busiest month of the year. And again, to me, this is the epitome of what it means to have a business, to run a business, to still be working, but then also take advantage of the freedom and the flexibility. It also sounds like like an ideal month. So let's break it down a little bit for those yeah. who are like, oh my goodness, yeah, of course she can post this thing on Instagram. It sounds great. But what does the rest of the time look like? Right. Like what is a what's a typical work week look like for you? Is it do you still maintain some of that kind of <clears throat> that flexibility for yourself? Yes. And this takes trial and error too of course you know like the way i do things is not going to work for maybe somebody who's listening but they can take chunks that resonate with them and and try to apply it so what i do is i limit the amount of weddings i take on a month so um i have a spreadsheet that i can quickly see how many i have per month and i can shut down months as they fill up so i only take five five is what i limit myself to but as we know, being photographers, wedding photographers, that there's hot months and there's cold months. So some of those months don't even get close to filling up like January and February. Nobody wants to come out here um, and get married. But those hot months, September and October, I'm going to cross them off when they get too full. So that's how I was able to, you know, plan these different fun things. It helps that I live in downtown Denver. I didn't have to drive three hours to go to a concert. I literally walked a few blocks. So there's also that realistically here. Um, but you know, but I, I also if, if I can jump in though, Mackenzie, I, yeah. the, the thing is, the thing that surprises me, and I'm, we just talked about this before, I'm 44 years old. I've been in the photography industry now for 20 plus years. And I still, at this stage, I still take advantage of the freedom and the flexibility that I can have. I don't work straight from nine to five. I break it up and yes. do this thing or do that thing, or I work maybe a little bit later in the evening and I don't work as much earlier in the day, whatever the case may be, yes. because I can. And I, I right. think it's so odd to me that, that and, and sad in a way that, that so many photographers don't actually take advantage of that even if it's as simple as driving across town to go to a coffee shop or to go to a concert, right. you play down the fact that the concert was local, but a lot of people aren't even making the time or taking the time to do those kinds of fun things to break up their life mm -hmm. with some adventure yeah. like they could. I think it's lovely that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and that goes back to like my, what my realistically, what my work week looks like is that some days, like I talk about this very publicly, but I struggle really bad with mental health. So if there's a morning that I wake up and I'm like, you know what, today my expectations are not going to be meet, met and I need to sleep in till nine o'clock, I'm going to do that because nothing like waking up at seven, seven o'clock in the morning and helping clients and that type of mindset is not going to be good for them or me. So like, what's the point? Of course, what's the point of being um, self-employed if you can't take advantage of those perks, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. no boss would allow you to do that, but you're going to allow yourself to do that. So realistically, in my work week, I work Monday through Thursday, and I try to work regular hours with that being said, but I think that's mostly because of my lifestyle. So my partner, 
Alex, he works a regular work week. He has a, you know, a, a regular nine to five job. Um, so <clears throat> I try to work those same hours because I want to be off when he is off. But I only work, I try to only work Monday through Thursday and Friday is my catch all day. So if there's something that I didn't get to, like, for example, waking up and feeling anxious, maybe I skip my morning tasks, mm -hmm. that's going to go to Friday now, as long as I don't have a really big deadline in the middle of it. Um, but I have a hard quit time, which I didn't used to. I had a hard quit time of 5 p.m. When he shuts his laptop, I'm shutting mine because that is the end of my work day. And I don't work the weekends at all. I love that. Oh, sorry, I was just going to let you finish. I didn't know if you were. <clears throat> no, you're I, fine. I, I, love, I love that you... I love that you're thinking kind of big picture like that as it relates to your partner too, because you've maintained a certain amount of flexibility in that, but you're also considering, okay, can then how can I maximize the amount of time that I have with my partner when he's home working around his work right. schedule and we still get a chance to connect in that. And um, I'll leave that at, at that. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm still, the thing that, that really strikes me, Mackenzie, in addition to just seeing people around us kind of resigning themselves to this just kind of is what it is, whether they work a nine to five mm -hmm. or even they're running their own business where they're mm -hmm. not, they're not really taking advantage of life and what it has to offer and looking for adventures and being a little bit crazy and breaking the rules a little bit and breaking the schedule up a little bit. I just think that more of that, and we were actually talking about this before we got started too, that, that notion of being childlike and curious and adventurous mm -hmm. again, can bring a bit of spark of life back into our business. We can still be responsible. We can still get the things done. Right. But, but then amidst that, still have some fun and play a little bit. I think it's so important. So anyway, right. we'll keep going though. And, and I kind of want to, I mentioned this to you before we got started. We, we should have just recorded the conversation before we get started. I, I, I keep alluding to it. But Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I said to you before we got started, that one of the things I wanted to do was kind of set the premise for this idea of freedom and flexibility in our lives as photography business owners by talking about your business model, because the reality is a lot of photographers, and it's not intentional, they just kind of fell into it this way, but a lot of photographers are running yeah. a business or business model that naturally just doesn't give them a whole lot of flexibility or freedom. Like if you're shooting 70 mm -hmm. weddings a year or you're shooting 150, 200 portrait sessions a year, you're naturally mm -hmm. just like you're, you're destroying your calendar. Like everything you do is going to be centered around work. And sometimes you have to do that. Maybe that's your intention. Maybe you're single, you don't have friends, family, and you're putting a couple of years of really hard work in. I understand there's a lot of behind the scenes some context that, that may be driving that. But what we have to keep in mind as photography business owners is not only can we be our own boss and set our own schedule, but we can also determine the business model that we are going to run that encourages, that enables that kind of freedom and that flexibility. And during your, in that Instagram post that I've been alluding to, you mentioned that every year you take on less weddings, which I'm assuming means that you, mm -hmm. you charge a premium for those weddings, but I'd love to kind of dig into this a little bit so that listeners can understand better, okay, how does she have this kind of business model that allows her to be this flexible, to go have fun, to travel, to do this mm -hmm. thing and to do that and still run a successful business. Let's talk about that. Right now, on average, how many weddings are you shooting in a year? I am cutting it down to 20. Wow. So for 2024, yes. Um, and that's still paying my bills and allowing me to have flexibility, freedom, and all yeah. of that. Um, when I gave up the hustle life, I gave up this idea of trying to make a billion dollars in seven days, okay? Like, that's not, that's not fitting for me. And right. it's okay if it's fitting for somebody else. And it's okay if that's a goal for somebody else. But for me, 
like a happy life is my bills are paid and I have the money to go actually live a fulfilling life that I can be the fun auntie that comes home and tells my niece all about this fun stuff I did. And when she gets older, I can take her to go do it. So (laughs) that is like the goal for me. And I think that's okay. I don't think that everybody needs to strive to make a million dollars and have houses in different cities and things like that. You can be content with paying your bills and paying your lifestyle. That's cool too. I like that actually. I, I made this note years ago at this point, I think, um, as I was thinking about actually just as an individual, how to be a more, more interesting person. And I, I think I, the, the quote is something like live a life worth talking about. Nothing fancy yes. or, or super articulate or anything about it, but just it's that idea, that exact idea that you were just talking about, which is I want to live a life. That, I mean, certainly I need to pay the bills, put some money in savings. I got to think big picture. But outside of that, there are certain things that I want to do in life. There are certain things that I enjoy. There are certain people I want to spend time with. And Mm -hmm. what enables me to do that? I don't have to make $60 million a year to go do that. Or like you said, have the three houses or fancy. There's just a certain amount of money that that enables me to do those things. What is that? And then what is the business model that I can create that enables me to do that thing? So right right now for you, that's 20 weddings a year thereabouts. Mm -hmm. Were you shooting a lot more than that before? And you kind of increased your prices and worked to that 20 a year mark? Yes, I used to take, I think my highest year was 45 weddings, wow. but that was not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it might have been a year that I also had associates. I learned very quickly that I don't want associates that did, d- didn't fit with me. Um, so that was my highest year, and that was probably the thick of hustle culture for me as well. So yeah. I took it down and, okay, go back like six, seven years ago. Or whenever you started the podcast, I've been listening to you forever. I remember distinctly that when you had guests on that would bring up automation, I would check out. I'm like, they don't give a shit about their clients. Why are they automating things? Now I'm sitting here 31 years old doing concerts (laughs) and doing two vacations in my busiest month. And I'm like, yo, automation was where it's at. I was just being, uh, you know, stubborn. So... Automation has a lot to do with it. And I think that there's a negative connotation with automation that people are like, oh, well, you just like send your clients off and, you know, your system takes care of it. Yeah, to an extent. Cool. But it keeps me and them organized. And this automation doesn't have to be like very robot like, you know what I mean? Um, My automation has a lot of in-person touch points. So my automation keeps me and my clients on track throughout the process. But we also have video chats all the time. So it's not like I'm just leaving them to my system and I'm like, good luck with everything. I talk to them and when a lot of my clients, 90% of them are from out of state. And when we finally meet for person in person for their elopement, they're like, I feel like this is crazy that we're meeting for the first time. I feel like I already know you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because I have a lot of touch points within mm. my automation to make it not so hands off where I'm still involved with my clients. But I can take two vacations and go to three concerts during my busiest month of the year and my clients are truly taken care of. I, it's, it is interesting how, um, I, I think it's interesting how just implementing certain systems in our business automation is one of those. And of course we can do yeah. that or implement that automation through various tools. We're gonna talk about one or two of them here shortly, but I think it's interesting how we can, again, have kind of best of both worlds where we maintain a certain level of first of all awareness as business owners automation 
uh, or even simplification of workflow doesn't mean that we're checking out. And in fact, the reality right. is that in order for us to effectively automate or to implement systems mm -hmm. in our business that make our business more efficient, we have to have a certain amount of awareness as business owners in order to most effectively make that happen. Um, so right. I, it, it really can be best of both worlds. I, you know, I've, I've had the privilege now of working with, um, of course, Photographers Edit for wow, it's about mm -hmm. 16 years now. And of course, the podcast you mentioned, six, seven years, we we're in the process right now of launching another brand that will hopefully be even much larger than Photographers Edit. But I'm doing this. Certainly, I'll put extra hours in and I'll work late nights sometimes and it's stressful, certainly. Right. But I'm still doing this, building a multi-million dollar company um, and mm -hmm. working with thousands of photographers with, with Photographers Edit, and yet still able to get out and ride my motorcycle. My girlfriend came by randomly the other day right. to bring me coffee, and, I, and, and she's like, do you have a bit of time? I'm like, I'm the boss. I get to take the time. I can do I'm this. the boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you still maintain a certain amount of that freedom and that flexibility, but a large part mm -hmm. of how we do that is to implement systems, to take advantage of automation, these incredible tools that we have in right. 2023 that are either free or relatively inexpensive <clears throat> for the amount of heavy lifting mm -hmm. that they do. And that enables us the freedom and the flexibility to, to certainly put the work in, but also to maintain a certain level of freedom and flexibility all along the way. And I think it's really important to note that it's not anything fancy and we can do it despite right. being the, the artist types who like to mm -hmm. exist in chaos. It can still happen. And I think that's a beautiful, again, a both and. I think that's the theme for today's show. You can have both and. Yeah. You, could, you could do this, but you can also yes. have this. You can work hard. Duality. You, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's yes. just life at the end of the day too, right? Like it's, it mm -hmm. it's doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. You can have, you can have both. It's, it's a wonderful thing absolutely. in that way. And you can, you can balance that automation with just being authentically yourself. Like, and I know that's such a buzzword right now, but my clients, some of my emails, I literally tell them, hey, this is an auto email. So if what I'm talking about, we've already talked about, cool, just ignore this. They know I use automation. It doesn't... <laughs> What was that? <laughs> I, I there is some I, I don't even know what it's called, but there's something that's been built in, I think, to the operating system as of late where like I did this the other day where it so everybody who's not live streaming, you just saw <laughs> fireworks go off behind McKenzie. Some something about hand motions that automatically set off fireworks or like it'll it'll shoot streamers or confetti, it'll drop confetti on us. Yeah, it's weird. Like if you move your hands around a lot, it'll happen sometimes. <laughs> I will stop doing that. I'm like, I did not press it. Hey, <laughs> anyway. you're so awesome. You generate oh. fireworks automatically in the background. Yeah, that's great. The, apparently. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> that was embarrassing. Um, so I was talking about, uh, you know, sending these automated emails. And some of them even tell them, my clients, hey, this is an automated email. Like, ignore that if it doesn't apply to you. But I'm very, very transparent about the way I use my time with my clients as well. You know, there's some stuff in the process they don't need to know about because it really doesn't apply to them or affect them. It's something that you have to. Um, but when I go out of town, every vacation, they always get an email. I let them know what I'm up to, where I'm going to be at, and when they can expect me to be back in case they've emailed me. Because something I've come to terms with is that there's no life or death situations in the wedding world. There's nothing that doesn't that doesn't exist. So letting them know that they're always so good about respecting my time. I never get like emergency emails. And when I do, they're like, you know, barely an emergency. And they're like, hey, we'll talk when you get back. Enjoy your time wherever you are. My clients are freaking amazing. But having that honesty with them has completely changed my relationship with my clients in general. I'm a person. You're a person and you've set, it's just setting expectations, right? And I mean, that's yeah. kind of the wonderful thing about running a business is 
as overwhelming as it can be, and sometimes there's a lot of details and some heavy lifting that has to happen in order to, to make the business work, a lot of it just comes back to basics. And when it comes to right. creating a business and, and running a business model that enables us that freedom and that flexibility, a lot of it's about just proactively managing expectations. You're 100% right. right. There is very little in wedding or portrait photography that is life or death. And as much as we kind of build it up in our head sometimes and get very close to that right. internally, it's, it's really not that bad. So as long as we're mm -hmm. proactive in communication, managing our clients' expectations, setting the stage appropriately, then we can have a business that certainly makes the living or generates the living for us that we need, but then also enables the freedom and flexibility. And just again, for clarity's sake, for everybody listening in, the reason that I bring up McKenzie's business model, and even more specifically, the significance of shifting from the, the 40, 45 weddings down to 20 is, if you are looking to create more freedom and flexibility in your life, listeners and viewers, make sure that you think intentionally about the business model that you're currently running and design that business model in such a way that you don't have to work constantly 60, 80 hours a week, you know, 51, 52 weeks a year, create a business model that enables that freedom and flexibility. And you can have both a function, not only a functional, but a successful business and some of that freedom and flexibility right. as well. I think that's important. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about systems and automation and workflow. And you, you actually highlighted in that Instagram post, and I'll have to link to it in the show notes for anybody who's curious to go back and actually read the original post. But uh, in that Instagram post, you highlighted three companies that enable you to run a more efficient workflow. And of course, efficiency mm -hmm. is something that enables us to have more freedom, more flexibility. You mentioned Dubsado, CloudSpot, and shout out Photographer's Edit. Um, but let's start with Dubsado, of course, the CRM. We've talked about Dubsado quite a bit here on the show. How did you land on, let's just talk about how you chose them first, because I know there are a variety of options out there. What, why Dubsado? Mm -hmm. I, disclaimer, I've been with them since they launched. Cool. So it was between that and another system. And at the time, you could get... You could use their system for free up to three clients. So I I did that. I took advantage of that trial, seeing if I like it, because if you use a system that you don't really know, you never end up using it and it's a mess. So I went ahead and I did that trial with Dubsado and I loved how personalized it is. I am a MySpace kid through and through. I used to do my own HTML, all of that. Yeah. Okay, so Dubsado, right when they launched, they they had a lot of those interfaces that were more HTML um, style. And that's where I fell in love with it. And I loved how I could personalize everything to not only like address my clients, but down to branding and colors too. Mm. Back when I had no branding or colors, but I was like, oh, this is gonna be leopard print. I love this. So I fell in love with it because of that okay. <laughs> initially. Yeah. And they've been around, how, long, how many years ago was that that you started with them? Maybe back in like 2017 or 18. Yeah, they've been around for a bit for sure. But yeah. let's talk then about how you're actually leveraging Dubsado to run your business more efficiently. And I don't know, this may seem obvious to, to some photographers, but to others, I know that when I, there was kind of a trend almost that I was noticing in the photography industry for a very long time, which was despite the technology being out there, that photographers mm -hmm. weren't, weren't always leveraging it to their benefit. You know, whether it was like, oh, it's, it's going to take too much work to try to get started. I've got to take the time to set it up and I'm just too busy right now. Or they've got the tool, 
and maybe they're booking clients through it, but they're not necessarily taking taking advantage of all the tools built into mm -hmm. that system, in this case, Dubsado. So what are a few ways? I think you mentioned to me beforehand that you've got three ways that you're leveraging Dubsado to make your business more efficient. What are those? Yes. So before Dubsado, I was having people print out their contracts, sign them and send them to me in snail mail. It was nice. a whole thing. But I feel like if you didn't start there, where'd you start? So yeah. three ways is that, so Dubsado has come a long way since I first discovered it. Now it's not so HTML based. They have really simplified things. So the user interface isn't so intimidating because that was an issue that they faced right when they launched. But they're always, always making this app better. And their help chat is amazing. I love Dubsado. I can't say enough things about it, but it keeps track of all my communications with both partners of my clients. So a lot of times I've, you know, in the past before Dubsado, I would only deal with like one partner um, through email, but Dubsado creates a client I call the client lounge, they call it a client portal where they log in and it organizes all of our emails in one spot. So if there was one partner that had a really, really busy work week and couldn't get in on a meeting or a call that we had scheduled, email after every single meeting that I have with my clients. So if they've missed that, they can just log into their lounge and look at those emails and be on the same page as us. It also has the workflow automations built into it. And there are experts now because Dubsado has been around for a while. There are Dubsado experts that you can hire to put in these workflows for you. So if they're a little bit, you know, just too complicated or, or overwhelming you, you can hire somebody to do that for you now, which is amazing. It allows so much organization with both my clients and me. At a glance through Dubsado's system, I can see if I've gotten any new leads. If I got a lead, did I book their consultation call or do I still need to do that? It also allows me to look at all of my clients at a glance at where they are in the process. So have we had our first chat together? Have they gotten their planning guide? Did we book their venue? Did we choose their location? It shows me that at a glance. So those are my three top things that Dubsado does, but it's it has everything, including a scheduler to schedule meetings. And that has taken so much off of my plate that my clients can just look at my calendar whenever they want and book their meeting. And that is amazing for me. <laughs> okay. So forgive me. I, I was running into some tech issues as you were talking, Mackenzie, but the first thing that you mentioned oh, was communication and yep. that it enables, it kind of helps you manage that communication. When you talk about communication, is that running through, through the Dubsado system or are you kind of connecting that to your email system? What, what does that look like a little bit more specifically? Yeah. So it goes, you connect it to your email. So I still get every email that I get through Dubsado um, to my personal email, but Dubsado has their own email area in Dubsado where you can reply directly um, or create emails. So I mostly reply to emails through Dubsado um, because it keeps track that way. Although if, if you wanna reply, if you're on the run and you just have your email app up and you're just like, I need to get back to them, you can get back to them that way too. And it, everything comes through your email. Okay. Okay, cool. So communication. And then number two, remind me one more time. <clears throat> the workflow automations. Automation. Yeah. And this is, this is, I remember back in the day too, <clears throat> because I was a wedding photographer for about 10 years. And um, before CRMs were even a thing, I was thinking about the, the steps, all the different steps required to actually 
work with a, a wedding client because I was shooting weddings primarily, some engagement sessions, a little bit of family, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, but mainly the weddings. And there's so many steps involved in that process that even if you yes. do it over and over and over again, it could be easy for a step or two to get lost along the way. So to have that yeah. all kind of right in front of you in a dashboard where it's automated, when you say automated, is it reminding you of each of those steps as you go or what does that look like? The automations do a lot of different things. So it can send an email to your clients for you whenever you set it. You can set up emails to be sent after, maybe you sent out a form. I know a lot of photographers use forms to get to know their clients. If you sent them a form and they filled it out, you can set up an email to be sent to them after that, maybe telling them about the next step in the process. You can set it up to send your calendar to them, to ask them to book a meeting with you. It's, there's endless possibilities on there. It's, it's okay. insane how much my system takes care of me. Well, and, and to that point, do you, would you say, you know, I alerted, alluded earlier to where a lot of photographers kind of push back when it comes to CRM, the amount of setup time to actually get the workflow going. Um, and the, I, I say this endlessly on the podcast, is if you're willing to put the investment of time into setting up systems, the payoff is massive, but you do have to be willing to, to, to put in that time. What would you say, if you were just a guess, like off the top of your head, what would it take on average a photographer to set up the type of workflows that you do right now, uh, that you have right now on Dubsado? I would probably say, realistically, where you don't get overwhelmed. Yeah. I don't think it's something that you should do in one day just because oh, of sure. mindset stuff. Yeah. But I would say two days minimum, just because what I do, because I change up my workflows almost every year because I'm it's always evolving, right? We're always learning, oh, that system is now no longer useful to me. Okay. Uh, so we need to re re rethink it. So I do this yearly, um, maybe every six months if my things change extensively. But I sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil and I write down everything. So I have an engagement workflow. Mm. I have a workflow for couples who are truly eloping with nobody else. I have a workflow for people who are bringing maybe some family with them because I need a family photos list from them. Even if okay. it's 12 people, I need that. Yep. I have a workflow for literally everything. So it breaks it all down and I can customize everybody's experience based on their needs. So with the workflows, then you, we have communication first and then automation um, and more specifically automation with the workflows. I'm looking down because I've got a notebook here that I'm taking notes You're with. You're fine. Um, and then number three, remind me number three one more time. It allows so much organization for me and my clients. So I think a big thing I mentioned in this is that my clients, Dubsado allows my clients to have access to my calendar That's whenever right. yeah, they want. you mentioned want. that. Yeah, so they can book a meeting with me Truly, and they love it. Sometimes, my clients specifically, sometimes they just need a safe place to vent about what's been happening, what's been going on. And outside of my emails that say, hey, it's time to book your location meeting or whatever it may be, if they have a time when they just need to talk shit, they can get on my email and or on my calendar, book a talking shit session, and we'll just do that. And that's cool. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> That's good. Well, sometimes, sometimes clients need that, that just a space to yes. feel, feel heard, like to vent, to feel heard and, and know that they're being right. seen and they're going to be taken care of. I think that's great. Okay. Well, I appreciate you reviewing that for me. And again, I apologize. I think Mackenzie, what a lot of people don't know is I'm running this show and it looks like I'm just kind of here talking, hanging out. I have this whole control panel in front of me here and I use keyboard <laughs> shortcuts to cycle through these views just to kind of 
bring yeah. everybody behind the fourth wall. Right now we have the split screen view right now. And then I use a keyboard shortcut and I go full screen on you. Well, earlier when I went full screen on you, I somehow hit another button and it took away all these controls off my screen right here. I'm like, shoot, how do I, like what's going to happen when we are supposed to end the podcast and I can't even hit end. And I was trying to figure out what You're was like, going bye. on. So I don't want you to think I was like checking. I, I was, you know, text messaging oh, my fine. girlfriend behind the scenes as you were, as you were talking, I literally ran into some tech issues. So thanks for reviewing all that with me and for our listeners as well. I think it's good to kind of to run back through the different systems. So that's Dubsado off the top that is helping you make your workflow more efficient. And um, that, I mean, I really can't say enough. Again, it seems like the obvious thing to say that we leverage a system like, like a CRM. But in this day and age, there are so many tools like that out there where, I mean, I've said this on a podcast countless times at this point, literally we can Google everything that we do in a day and we can either find a service or a piece of software that will probably enable us to do that thing more efficiently, to automate it, to simplify yeah. it, to delegate it. Um, it it's, right. We're so lucky to live in this day and age where we have access to those tools and services like Dubsado in this case that we can leverage right. for the sake of making our lives more free and more flexible. So I think it's huge. The next one that you mentioned is CloudSpot. Actually, it is a gallery system. And we've actually talked yeah. about CloudSpot a good bit here on the show as well. But a simplicity of workflow, I think, is really important. Um, and, and CloudSpot, the kind of innate simplicity, I guess, to their gallery system yes. is, is something that you really love. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, CloudSpot is a gallery system created by photographers for photographers and that alone got me and i've been through several gallery systems i'm not going to talk about those because they don't even measure up to what cloudspot has to offer okay. it creates this seamless process for clients that even clients who aren't t so tech savvy and that's what really got me because a lot of my clients are coming out here eloping, but their family members are wanting some photos from it or what have you. I don't spend time explaining my gallery system to anybody anymore because of how simplified it is. So it's important to do the research behind products to see where they're actually coming from because I've fallen into gallery systems that are like no good and then I figure it out too late and then I have to spend the time migrating my systems to another system because it just didn't work out. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we can say enough about simplicity. Like it's, it's cool to find the piece of software or the gallery or the CRM, whatever it is that has all the things, but then sometimes yeah. all the things get in the way of just getting the thing right. done. And especially thinking about client experience, like how do we make this as easy as possible? And the, we've been in the process, my, my team and myself now for a couple of years or so, and it actually goes back even further than that, designing an app. And the thing that I keep going back to, especially with my development team, um, is to say, look, we need to design this in such a way that like a, a 10 year old can use it and a 70 year old can use it. A fifth grader can yes. use it and a, and a grandma can use it. Like that is how we need to design it, because at the end of the day, you could be fancy, but a fancy means complicated and it means 68 different tutorials that you have to go through in order to use something you're not really creating a great client experience at that point. So you can't say enough about right. simplicity of user experience. I think that's a big deal. Gavin, who is the CEO and owner of CloudSpot, we've had on the show probably two or three times now. Uh, and such a great guy too. Have you had the chance to meet Gavin? No, not personally, but I'm sure I've talked to him over email before. Oh, well, I'm, you probably have. Yeah, that's the kind of person he is. He's hands-on and involved. Uh, but it's, it's cool not only to have a great system like CloudSpot, but know that there's 
good people behind it too. And uh, so big shout out to, to Gavin and CloudSpot. Yes. Talk a little bit about then the, the ways that specifically, I mean, CloudSpot we realize is a gallery, but what are specific ways that you've used CloudSpot, again, to create some of this flexibility that we're talking about in your business? So this is great because CloudSpot actually has a partnership affiliation with Dubsado. So my CloudSpot galleries are inside of my the client lounge that my clients have access to. So if let's say I delivered their gallery, <clears throat> maybe they were on vacation and they were like, oh crap, I never looked at my gallery. It's always in their client lounge where everything else is, where they're already used to going back to and looking at and they're comfortable with navigating. Cool. So I love that they have a partnership there. It's, it's amazing. So going back to that seamless process is that everything's in one spot with them with Dubsado and then CloudSpot contributes to that and it's just all my systems are friends and I love that for myself. Yeah. So seamless process for the not so tech savvy and an easy user interface for that. Another thing is that this is one of my favorite features of CloudSpot is that they provide a mobile application like part of their gallery. So I can create a mobile app for each of my clients that get their galleries back. And I actually sell this as an item in one of my packages because it's something that sets me apart. It's something that my clients love and they use it because they want to share their photos on the TikTok and the Instagram and all of this stuff. It makes it super easy because it's right on their phone. So the mobile app thing is so amazing. And this is a shameless plug for their chat, but there's been sometimes, you know, with people ordering prints and things like that, sometimes there's things that come up like sure. the biggest issues I've had are, you know, people ordering prints and not cropping them, like seeing that they not double checking the crop on the prints yeah. that they ordered. Mm -hmm. um, I've had that once or twice, not not too often. But I, you know, with how much I travel, I need something very, very easy to solve problems at a drop of a hat. And I remember I was on a vacation and I got an email that was like, hey, I just ordered this. I realized the crop is wrong. It's cutting off somebody's head. I immediately went to their chat and they helped me with it fixed it, solved my problem within the day so I could enjoy my vacation and I didn't have to worry about, oh crap, they're gonna get photos in the mail that have the head chopped off or whatever it may be. So their chat is incredible. And there is nothing like great customer support too. I, I was actually right. just talking my, I mean, and again, that seems like the obvious thing, but I was just talking to my business partners as of late and, and expressing to them because they're kind of hands off behind the scenes um, and I've been, of course, very much hands-on and working with photographers at it and its development over the last 16 years or so. And the, the reality is that so much of photographers at it has been built on the customer service experience. I can talk endlessly about our editors and their talent and the custom editing that we're able to offer and, and you know, the user experience of the website, all these things. But at the end of the day, our team, our customer service team behind the scenes is so much of what has driven the brand and what has enabled the brand to be what, it, what it's become. And we really can't overemphasize enough the importance of that customer experience. And it's great when we have these experiences, business owners working with other companies to realize or yeah. to be reminded of the significance of that customer support, because then we can translate that to the customer experience that we're creating for yes. our clients. It's like, oh man, this is exactly what I would want. Let me create right. this for my clients as well. So I, I think it's great to talk about importance of not only good customer support, but accessibility too. You know, you talk yes. about being able to jump into the chat like that. How do you, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but 
how do you maintain that level of customer service with your clients, that so-called accessibility without getting overwhelmed with communication where almost there's like this mm -hmm. expectation of they need to be able to email you all the time or send you a text message or 68 different social media platforms send you a DM. Like how do you yeah. manage that? I, I, yeah, how do you manage that most effectively? That is a great question. Um, and I really solidified my process a couple years ago when I was like, oh my gosh, like, cause I'm on Instagram all the time and my clients mm. see me there. One of the first emails in my workflow is a boundary email. So I talk about my realistic working hours. I talk about how they will get emails from me when I'm going on vacation. So they know that I'm not gonna get back to their email immediately and not to have anxiety about it. Cause that's what happens to me. And I never wanna put my clients in that position. I talk about how I'm always on Instagram. If they're ever curious about what I'm doing, Instagram will expose me. <laughs> but I will not take business questions on the DMs. And when they do that, hmm. I do redirect them to my emails. There's once in a while that that happens and, you know, whatever. But they also have full access to my calendar through Dubsado. And I think that helps immensely because they're like, okay, cool, I can see when she's available, I'll schedule it when it works for me, and I can always talk to her. She's not off limits, like I've hired her. And I want, that's another thing I also put in my packages is unlimited communication. I explain to them that if they're at three in the morning, if they're up worrying about their wedding, they can email me, they're not gonna hear back from me until the next day, but <laughs> I'm accessible to them, okay. right? Like they can do that and i explain because i do text my clients once in a while i explain what text messaging is used for and how it can be utilized and what it's not going to be utilized for so i just communicate those things because i'm not one of those petty right. bitches that are like well you should understand I'm like no they've never done this before usually <laughs> they're like getting married you know like yeah. you gotta spell it out and that's totally okay okay oh that's good oh, i know that was a total sidebar <laughs> but i think it's good to, to Okay. Continue to emphasize the importance of customer service, but then also think, especially in light of our conversation today, proactively about yeah. how we put that process in place so that we don't get overwhelmed. Because yeah. especially with, um, I mean, just the endless number of platforms where people can communicate with us right. at this point, they feel like they can just talk to us any and everywhere. Um, I love mm -hmm. that you set those boundaries and those expectations up front. Okay, so we had Dubsado, and then of course CloudSpot, shout out to, to Gavin. And then, um, well, let's lastly get into Photographer's Edit, because you did mention Photographer's Edit. And, and I, you're always so generous and, and kind talking about PE to, to the world at large, and I truly appreciate that. But I, I know that for a lot of photographers, the idea of giving up editing can be an overwhelming process. It's their baby. Mm -hmm. They want to maintain a certain look and feel and ultimately control over that process. Uh, but what let's say two or three ideas have enabled you to be able to kind of give up the editing, let us take care of that for you so that you can go do what it is that you want yeah. to with your time. Okay. So Nathan is not paying me for anything I'm about to say. I truly, truly is am it? Yeah. just obsessed with <laughs> photographer's edits. No, I mean, literally <laughs> you, you tagged us the other day when you posted that I was like, oh, it's so nice because you'll do that from time to time. Yeah. And, and we really don't ask for it. You're so kind about it. But I was like, oh, maybe, maybe yeah. we could talk about this because I'll, I'll tell you this, Mackenzie. I, I tend to avoid these conversations because I don't want our listeners, especially here at the podcast, but people sure. in general, I'm just like, I, the last thing people want is for me to make this a big commercial about photographers edit. Yeah. And I've actually had photographers say, 
dude, you need to actually talk about your company a little bit more. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. Well, just a little bit, just a little bit. So I, I appreciate you, you talking about us a little bit, but yeah, t talk to us a little bit about the experience and, and the good and the bad too, because I, I want to make sure that there's okay. kind of a, an honest perspective about this. But I think the biggest fear that photographers have is that idea of like, they're giving it up. Like I don't have control over that yeah. anymore. Is it going to be good enough for my clients? Right, right. Um, I was that person, just to totally disclaim it. It's like, I've known you, your podcast about Photographers Edit for years now, but I didn't start utilizing it until maybe a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer than that. Like it took me a while because I was that person where I was like, no, I cannot give up this part of my business. It's such mm. a big part. But I realized very quickly that because of my editing hole that, you know, we all like to call it. I, that was a growth block in my business. It was keeping me from growing because all of my time and energy was going to editing and editing isn't like my favorite part of, of my job at all. And I know photographers who like love editing and that's yeah. totally great for them. But like, for me, it's just, it's just not, and I have a science, a system down to my preset and what I do and mm. the exposure, all of that. I have it down, mm. but the time it was taking was taking over my life. Um, I'm confident when I say that there, I know photographers, there are photographers out there that love editing, but I'm confident in saying that not photographers, there's not a photographer out there that loves the entire wedding day editing process. I know that for a fact. I've been a mentor for too long to yeah. think otherwise. And I think something that people don't know about photographers edit is that you give us the freedom, the company gives us the freedom to edit whatever we want, just label the ones we've already edited, and then send in the rest. So I do all my sneak peeks. I do my artistic visions. You know, there's some photographs that require me to sit down and be like, what was I seeing from this image? And editing that and then giving all the boring stuff. Like, I'm going to say it right now. And I know all photographers listening can relate to this. Family photos. Oh, my God. I no, They're the bane of my existence. And the company gets all of those from me. I, I don't want to edit family photos. Yeah. But, but it's true though, you actually, you're, you're doing a bit of work for the sneak peeks or whatever's going to go on social media or the blog sure. post. It depends on the course of the photographer's workflow, but you're doing some work to prep a few images anyway. Yeah. And if you're going to do that work, if you could just save that in the catalog and hand it over that, right. I mean, that's awesome because it gives it, one of the things that we've learned over 16 years now and, you know, millions and millions and millions of images and working with so many photographers is that a photographer can say they like warm white balance, for example, or maybe they like a quote unquote film look to their image, whatever it is, they can say the thing mm -hmm. and it means a hundred different things to a hundred different photographers, right? So words mm -hmm. really aren't enough in the end. We need the visual representation. So we've designed a workflow on our site for our right. clients to be able to upload examples before and afters into their account. So we have that visual reference, but I think an even more powerful way is to do what exactly what you're talking about, which is if you're going to go ahead and process some of the images, just flag those and then you can send us the order mm -hmm. and we, we match the images to that workflow. Right. And that, that really, it, it, it enables our team, it enables a little bit of probably relief on your part of like, okay, they know exactly what I'm looking for. And then our team has the visual frame of reference to be able to then process the images to match uh, exactly. And, and I think that's right. super helpful. Right. You're not guessing. You're not trying to match ourselves. You have all the tools. Your team has all the tools and I'm able to just hand things over. And I think my favorite part of the workflow, um, you know, giving back the catalog, getting back the ca catalog and everything is that after every job, you send a form that asks for feedback. 
So if something wasn't quite right with my order, there's been right when we right when I first got started, you know, there's a trial era um, where photographers edit is trying to understand my style. You yeah. know, there's a few galleries that you go through and mm-hmm. um, they're trying to get a, a system down. During that time in the feedback, I'd be like, hey, so this part was a little bit too warm for my style. And they had a full on conversation with me about it. It wasn't just me giving feedback and hoping that they got it. They were having a conversation with me about it. And then yeah. all the gallery, I, I don't remember the last time I had an issue with a gallery Good. because of that trial process that we have together. So well, I And I have that. to actually give you props though, Mackenzie, feedback. because I think it actually goes back to something you said a few minutes ago, which is, you know your, your style, you know your process. Mm-hmm. I will say that probably photographers that have better success with, actually not just delegating editing, but anything, are those photographers mm-hmm. who know what they want to begin with. Photographers yeah. who go to delegate a task, and, and for that matter, I'll, I'll speak for myself, as a, as a manager and a CEO and a boss and all these working with teams of people, I have a much more frustrating time delegating to somebody if I'm not clear about what it is that I want to happen as the end result. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm kind of trying to like figure things out with them and then it gets confusing right. and convoluted. I'm not able to, to give clear instructions. It could frustrate the, the person on the other end of that. It's not a great situation when it comes to delegating. So if you as not you specifically, Mackenzie, but people listening in as somebody who is delegating something, whether it's editing or album design or email management or you know, whatever the thing is, if you're clear about what it is that you want done and you've taken the time, goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you've done the thing yourself so you know how to do it, that enables you to effectively communicate that or to, in this case to delegate that particular task. That makes for a much, much better experience. That's number one. So I gotta give you props for that. But I also have to give you props because what you're talking about and actually leveraging the feedback system that we have in place, I think a lot of photographers are apprehensive about doing that for two reasons. Number one, and it's so funny, years ago, I don't know if you were using our, our workflow at the time, but years ago, we actually implemented an emoji system in the feedback process. And in that emoji system, we had three different emojis. We had a smiley face. I think the other one was kind of like a meh face. And then it, the other was a frowny face or something like that. Anyway, that's that when we first launched this feedback system, that's what we had implemented. And I started getting feedback from photographers. They're like, I, it, it wasn't like perfect, but I felt bad giving it a, a, a like frowny face was too upset. And I wasn't really that upset, I promise. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, I feel like I need something in between. And photographer, and I bring this up because what I realize is photographers feel bad giving negative feedback, constructive feedback. Yeah. And the reality is that in a relationship like this where you're delegating something to another company, there has to be room for that. And right. we actually welcome it, but photographers felt bad giving it. And so rather than yeah. actually taking the time to give us that feedback, share a couple of screenshots of examples and, and let us go fix the problem for them, they'd go back and fix it themselves or they just not say anything at all. Maybe they just leave, you know, and, and right. that was a bummer to me because I'm like, we're here, we're ready, we're available. We want you to give us that feedback. And that enables this kind of working relationship, which you talked about just a couple of minutes ago, where you have minimal issues now because we had that conversation up front. So the fact that you're actually right. taking time to leverage that feedback system, which we have in place, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for, for our clients to use. It's great. That enables them to be able to get the feedback that they need so we can tweak things, refine it, and then ultimately have a really great working relationship. Yes. 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 That, that's good. And the perk 
of giving feedback is that you give points and the points can go towards credits on editing services or Amazon. And I use them for Amazon. Brilliant. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it's so funny. We, we literally, we were like, how do we encourage this feedback? Because it yeah. really makes all the difference in the world. Like there's at no point in time, I'm, I'm sure we come with a million different examples, but if we think about all the different instances in life where we interact with a third party, or for that matter, it could be with your kid or your partner, or whatever is where we're giving instructions mm -hmm. and they, the person doesn't understand it a hundred percent the first time. So we carry on further conversation. It could just be another 60 yeah. seconds of conversation, five minutes, whatever it is, but we have further conversation to give more context and more clarity. Mm -hmm. And then we go about, are, are, you know, we go on our way. That That's how we work. And it, just the willingness to take a few minutes to give us that feedback for the sake of further clarity can make all the difference in the world. But no amount of approaching it from 68 different angles, could, could we, we felt like we could convince right. enough of our clients to actually leverage that. So you said, you know what? Let's incentivize it. Let's just, let's throw points at them. If they give us it. feedback, we'll give them points. And so we do that and you're right. You can use that toward credit or, or even an Amazon credit, which is, which is pretty cool. So mm -hmm. I, anyway, I, I'm going to enough of the shameless plug. I, I, and you were so kind to, to talk about <laughs> photographers at it. And again, I, I, Mackenzie was just naturally sharing about us. I'm like, Hey, would you mind talking a little bit about this? And of course your yeah. workflow at large too, because that lifestyle that you've created for yourself, Mackenzie, I think is a great example for all of us. It's a good reminder for me too. Um, to take advantage of the freedom and flexibility that I ultimately like have created for myself to actually leverage that and to go have some fun with it. And I think all of us could stand to have that reminder. Um, and Patrick, by the way, he chimed in from Facebook and you mentioned that thing about family photos. He said, no shame. I wouldn't even take family photos. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could always hire a second photographer to go take those family photos for you. I think it's really great. Oh, but, that's funny. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing your perspective on, on all of this. Any kind of closing thoughts that maybe some some word of encouragement for those photographers are maybe holding on a little bit too tight still and haven't been able to actually yeah. take advantage of that freedom, that flexibility for themselves. What would you say to them? I guess that it's not as scary as you think it is. Like, it's just not that scary. And if you're scared, DM me. I can, I'm the queen of voice memos. I will give you the encouragement that you want. Or my honest opinion, if you want to talk to me privately about moving on to these different systems, I can tell you right now, this is where your growth is getting blocked is because you are not giving up control in some of these aspects that could easily be automated. It changed my life. And I will give Nathan all my discount codes for all three of the systems that I talked about using. So you can try them and get a discount out of them. Perfect. Yeah, and we'll actually put those in the show notes at uh, bocapodcast.com. For those of you listening in, maybe even live streaming with us today, we're doing this on Monday, November 27th, but this episode will be fully published on all the platforms by tomorrow, November 28th. So uh, at that point, you can go to bocapodcast.com and we'll have those discount codes from Mackenzie in the show notes there. Mackenzie, thank you again for doing the show. I, I really, really appreciate it. Yes, thank you for having me. I always love being on. <laughs>